0: All right, welcome back to I Love Basketball. This is your host, Sabrina, alongside Christian Rivas again. How's it going, Christian?
1: It's going well. I am I'm getting a little comfortable on this podcast, and something tells me I'm going to get booted off pretty soon. So <laughs> it's all, my days are numbered.
0: Well, if you miss Sasha, not that we're supposed to advertise for other podcasts, <laughs> but she does do some work. For the Athletic on their Rockets and Blazers and Lakers shows. If you ever miss her voice, well, she's quite fun.
1: Yeah, there's enough <laughs> podcasts there for everybody. Just listen yeah. at uh, at 1.5 speed, if not two times speed, and you'll be fine. There's enough time in the day.
0: Yeah, I can't go past 1.5 speed. Uh, I feel like my normal conversations suffer <laughs> when I listen at two times. It just I I go just supercharged <laughs> when I'm speaking, and I feel like my speaking voice is already slightly quicker than average so it's just it was a bad a bad choice to it's go to times it's
1: all good i i feel like i slow things down a little bit i bring it i slow down the pace a little bit on this pod just because i am uh lethargic in nature in every sense of the word so um but yeah you know what's not lethargic is the lakers well actually i, I take that back <laughs> they are ranked if if it still holds true but from when i checked yesterday they're last in the league in pace
0: last in the league that yeah. is somewhat lethargic. Yeah, <laughs> There are times when you look at the Lakers' offense and lethargic would not be an inappropriate word to oh, describe no.
1: them. They're 19th now. Good for them. I don't know well, what Well, that change.
0: Bulls game must have really uh, yeah. racked things up.
1: <laughs> Just the fourth quarter of that Bulls game.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I did think uh, we had something on the site today over at Silver Screen and Roll about how the Lakers thought that the China trip really set them back in terms of their practice time and like instituting new systems and stuff so if the offense looks a little slow to come around at least there's a one potential reason for why that may have happened
1: Uh, but what we still don't have an answer for is why they look so bad coming like just starting games (laughs) i don't know if it has to do with personnel i don't know if you can blame the china trip all season but yeah those first quarter starts aren't aren't super encouraging what's weird though is then jacob and i talked about it a bit yesterday um that starting lineup in the first quarter has like a negative eight net rating like it's not great Mm -hmm. but in the third quarter they're like plus 17 to come out of the half makes zero sense and it's in the same sample size 31 minutes 31 minutes
0: it's also really strange, is that the one time the Lakers actually came out hot to start the first quarter was against the Clippers, which <laughs> did not go well. Yeah.
1: I don't. I am looking forward to that Christmas matchup. We're in November now, so it's not that far away. Which, by the way, yeah, is I w- horrifying. <laughs> I did can- not know the year was going to end so soon. Nobody told me. I feel like <laughs> I, I've said this before, but my days genuinely blend in the off season. Like the only, the only months where days make sense to me, are August and September. After that one day blends into another. I told somebody that the Clippers or sorry, the Lakers played the Spurs like two days ago. Lakers played the Bulls two days ago. <laughs> it makes no sense. But um, yeah, it's yeah, coming yeah. up.
0: It's funny, like I'm I'm sure you read that piece like a couple years back that Tanya Gangooley wrote in the LA Times about how NBA players never know what day of the week yeah. it is and like I would never <laughs> Like thing to compare myself to an NBA player, but there are times <laughs> that I'm just like I, I got no idea, like because you just do the same thing every day, right? Like weekends, weekdays, it all sort of flows as one, and you know.
1: Do you have an NBA comp?
0: Do I have an NBA comp? Yeah. No, no I, I don't think I do.
1: I'm hmm. Ricky Rubio without like the jump shot, which I guess is just r- without Ricky the Rubio. jump shot. Yeah, um, and Ricky I don't Rubio pass that well. Shot. So I guess really what so I'm saying is you're not Ricky is,
0: Rubio. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm not Ricky Rubio. More Jabari Brown, just Oof. like really. Ooh, that's a rough one. I tried really hard, but to no avail most of the of the time. Oh
0: man, I remember one of the first like big things I wrote for Silver Screen was why the Lakers should keep Jabari Brown after his <laughs> lovely little Jordan Clarkson backcourt stretch. You know, at the end of 2014 or maybe it was 2015. Yeah. It was stupid. That was, was well. Not not well executed. Uh.
1: My uh my dearest friend Hani the Mm -hmm. the, earlier today retweeted a tweet from the Lakers um like releasing their starting lineup for the game. Let me see if I can find it very quickly. But off the top of my head, it was Jabari Brown, Vander Blue, uh, Ryan Kelly, Tarek Black, and I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to, trying to forget. That's what <laughs> I've been doing these last few years is trying to forget. Uh, but I'm trying to remember who that last one was.
0: Was it, it Sacre?
1: It might have been. It, it seems also, like
0: the natural progression of where this lineup is at.
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is um, the Lakers haven't had the lineups they've been rolling out so far this <laughs> season. That's, that's what I – after the loss to the Clippers, I, I took some time to myself, and I was like, you know – Could be a lot worse. Byron Scott could be the head coach, playing Ryan Kelly at small forward, and I don't know playing.
0: As a Duke alum, I think that is what I find most unforgivable about the Byron (laughs) Scott era is that he ruined Ryan Kelly's NBA career. Yeah, and he just
1: he never bounced back. He's when Kelly
0: was drafted, like (laughs) he was drafted by a Mike D'Antoni team, you Uh know, who would absolutely love a stretch playmaking four who could actually serve as like a legitimate secondary hub of an offense. Yeah. I mean, at least on a college team, but like, you know, like he had those skills. They were there to be developed like a, you know, a low calorie Ryan Anderson type, right? <laughs> yeah. Like the ingredients were all there and then bam, Barnes got
1: <laughs> I can't ruined th- it all. I can't think of Ryan Anderson without thinking of uh Shams Terania's tweet on his contract, which by the way, sorry, not to interrupt. Uh it was Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill Jordan oh, Hill and Tark okay. Black starting in the front court together. Um Ooh. which is absolutely insane. What's
0: interesting is my my dad is a huge Jordan Hill fan.
1: Well I think everybody was a huge Jordan Hill fan at the time until so he started falling in love with those mid-range jumpers no, he, and
0: literally my dad exclusively refers to him as mid-range king <laughs> not even like his name is not mentioned anymore it's just mid-range king that's so like funny. legitimately a year and a half ago my dad was like where's mid-range king is he on any team i was like no
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> why I, would don't, he be? I don't know what did what did he even do after the Lakers.
0: I want to say he ended up on Minnesota briefly, mm, yeah, but that, I mean, that is where we he could easily up. just like basketball it, reference this. Yeah, Um it's more fun to just we wildly should, speculate yeah. about things that are easily Let, confirmable. Let's right? just
1: check on everyone. <laughs> What's Kendall Marshall up to? I saw Jordan Farmer on Spectrum Sportsnet the other day. Oh, that man. was weird.
0: Jordan Farmer, that was that was a fun little stretch in Lakerland.
1: The comeback. Yeah,
0: he went to Indiana. So like we basically swapped Hill and Hibbert. Mm-hmm. And then seven games in Minnesota. Okay, that's apparently what I remember. Seven games in Minnesota.
1: Well, you remembered correctly. There is your
0: regular Jordan Hill update in case you were missing (laughs) out on him. That's what's been going on.
1: Um, It's funny how, how like, dads have a player. Like, my dad, whenever I talk about the Lakers or talk about any team, he just goes, where's Jordan Clarkson at? Where's he (laughs) playing at? It's like. If I uh, told my, you, you'd, your heart would be broken.
0: My dad, Scott Takes, like, uh, so the other day I got to talk to Nick Young in advance of his podcast releasing, right? Right. And so when I told him that I was, like, you know, getting to speak to Nick Young, he's like, oh, is he re-signing with the Lakers? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like we sh- we, I mean, I'd much rather have him than, like, you know, Rondo or Quentin Cook or something.
1: Oh, like, man. Well,
0: sure.
1: Yeah, that was, a, that was a topic of Jacob and I's conversation yesterday. I told him the Lakers are, I think, 26th in three-point percentage this season. um, Yeah, it has
0: not been as good as you would expect. Yeah,
1: they're not a terribly efficient three-point shooting team. Yeah, 26. Um, Mm -hmm. And I told them, J.R. Smith and Nick Young are just at home, (laughs) waiting by the phone, Give them a ring. And I've said this on (laughs) multiple episodes of, like, every Silver Screen Roll podcast I've been on, because I really want to hammer home the point. If J.R. Smith is the player he was two years ago during lebron's final season in cleveland i would take him over every shooting guard on the roster not named danny green like, i'm
0: very glad you added the not named danny waiting with bated breath for that no, to
1: i love i love danny boy he's <laughs> so good and that he uh he was on that new espn show actually i don't know if it's new i just don't watch a lot of uh espn programming sorry i don't know if that makes me <laughs> less of a sports writer that i don't watch espn sports programming but he was on a espn's now or never recently okay and he talked a little bit about his free agency decision which by the mm-hmm. way was probably one of the most transparent free agency sagas i've ever seen in my life because his well, uh, his podcast is called in the, the green, green room, room? inside yeah. the
0: green room. Yeah.
1: His podcast account and I believe his co-host or producer would just tweet out. Danny Green's narrowed his teams down to the Raptors, Mavericks, and Lakers, and it's just like must watch Twitter. I guess I was yeah. gonna say television. Not Twitter. honestly,
0: like his Twitter account was where I got the clearest updates for Kawhi's <laughs> decision. Yeah. Because like Kawhi wasn't telling anyone anything, but at least like he let you know green no because his decision was so incumbent on what right. he gave him like a little bit like some kernels you know uh,
1: well he certain, certainly wasn't telling chris carter or Jalen rose <laughs> that's for sure i do not uh, miss those days of the off season where i had to Kawhi aggregate Kawhi. chris carter reports oh, and i try man, to justify to. yeah justify yeah. Uh, I'm glad those days are over. Anyway, Danny Green was talking about how he nearly signed with the Dallas Mavericks because of how persuasive Mark Cuban was. Mm-hmm. Um I th- I just think it's so funny because the team he almost signed with is the team he ethered with a game time yeah. three pointer. <laughs> and uh he's been good. I like I've enjoyed the Danny Green experience. That game against the Clippers, regardless of how it ended, when that he went supernova. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's
0: a really good way to introduce yourself to the Laker <laughs> yeah. fandom. Yeah,
1: and he he had like one of the best debuts by by anybody that's ever played for the Lakers ever.
0: Oh yeah, he had the highest scoring debut of any yeah. Laker. Crazy. Anthony Davis was in that game.
1: <laughs> yeah, Anthony Davis and LeBron James have both made debuts for the Lakers because <laughs> they play for the team. Um, I thought that was crazy. My younger yeah. brother loves Danny Green because we'll play 2K, and he's not like hyper fanatic like i am about the nba but when you see somebody with an a plus three point uh rating he shoots with them and danny green's his guy so it's a good way of playing it is a great way of playing um but yeah, that's so
0: danny green he uh he capped off that really excellent comeback against Dallas when that game looked like it was going in the wrong direction mm-hmm. and we had another comeback against chicago which Really, probably wasn't necessary.
1: But not <laughs> necessary, but very fun. Unless very you had to write not. the recap, and I did not. <laughs> for yeah, once, yeah, uh,
0: Anthony had to write the recap that night, right?
1: Yeah, for once I in my life. Remember seeing it in the
0: Slack, like he had just started writing. It's like,
1: oh, <laughs> well,
0: here comes the no Ron No AD lineup, ready to do damage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was insane. I don't. I, somebody tweeted out. I think it was uh, Pete Zayas, Laker like Film Room, was talking about how these unnecessary comeback wins are building character and like toughness for the team i don't know if that's true <laughs> i i strongly disagree i think it's just a product of poor starts and mm-hmm. them playing like i do when i play 2k and i'm down 12 it's just me locking in and saying i'm not leaving this <laughs> leaving this game without a win that's exactly yeah, I what's mean, happening
0: i suppose there's something to be said of like having the experience of coming back in these situations but I would never want to get in the habit of like perpetually falling behind. Yeah. You know? I feel like the Lakers do that though against these teams that aren't quite up to par. Like, I think they were saying this on Spectrum, like even before the Chicago game, like right after they beat San Antonio, it was like, yes, you beat Dallas and San Antonio, but the real test of a championship team is if you can go into Chicago and actually take care of business. <laughs> just, it's yeah. A loss.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, but they did <laughs> left the road trip. Without a single loss, which I thought Mm. was very impressive, Uh, but I also worry. Lakers are six and one best best record in the Western Conference for those best
0: record in the NBA. Let's be clear.
1: Oh really? Oh, oh, Philly lost to Phoenix.
0: They lost to Utah last night as well when Simmons got hurt. Uh,
1: Well, best record in that. I mean, I like the sound of that a little better. (laughs) Um, But I wonder how much of their early success is a product of. Like them being a genuinely good team, which there are things like in the Chicago game that we saw that I thought, yeah, this is sustainable throughout the season. Like that stretch when AD and LeBron were on the floor and Kyle Kuzma just kind of took over despite going, I think, was it one for four from the field? Um, I thought that was great. I think that's exactly what you want from Kyle Kuzma and Quinn Cook somebody that also I had no idea had as high of a net rating as he does on the season, considering how bad he's been on defense. Um, I think all of those things are sustainable, but I'd like to see it against a better team.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we knew going into the year that the Lakers had a relatively easy schedule to start off the season, which is just a gift, frankly, considering how many new pieces the team has to work in, including a new coach. Right. So the fact that they're taking advantage of the, easy schedule like that, that obviously bodes well going forward. Like, you know, the wins get banged. Yeah. <laughs> they count whether they're against Chicago or whether they're against, you know, Miami, right, which is the next team the Lakers play. But I I don't know. I tend to believe that when you win six games in a row, that's a sign of a good team.
1: Like, I, yeah,
0: the last time the Lakers won five games in a row, I believe, was the 2016-17 season. When they inexplicably won five games in a row at the end of the year with like the Tyler Ennis lineup.
1: Oh right, 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 and that's that's the because of that run <laughs> to
0: fall to like third instead of second yeah. in the lottery standings. <laughs>
1: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I um, was so mad at Tyler Ennis. Oh like, my god! I was legit mad because I even from last year, the moment I got an inkling of a feeling, the Lakers were going to miss the playoffs. Um, I was in team tank mode, like, ironically, but when they lost to Phoenix, I said, there's no reason for LeBron James to play a single game for the rest of the season, roll out whoever you have to, play bonga, like, 48 minutes a game, I do not care, lose every game possible, and I've been wrong every time, the basketball (laughs) gods have laughed in my face every time I've gotten to that attitude, and shoot, Lakers (laughs) got Number three Lonzo pick, ball, number right, two pick, yeah. yeah. So,
0: what, but what I was trying to say is, like, clearly winning five games is a fluke. Yeah. <laughs> but winning six games in a row, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a good team, right? I, I just, uh, I think, however you win, right, like, just to get it done that many times in a row is, is impressive, right? Like, obviously the Lakers get a far more legitimate test. If you're listening to this, this is Friday morning, so tonight against the Miami Heat, right? Friday night against Miami, that's that's fun. Yeah, I mean. This harkens back to like those uh, Kobe Dwayne Wade battles, you know.
1: Right. I I'm Good horrified times. because um, <laughs> the Heat have mm, I don't want to say flashy guards, although I classify Kendrick Nunn as a pretty flashy guard, but even Justice Winslow at point guard worries me a little bit, considering the guard depth the Lakers have, like best case they have a hobbled avery bradley quinn cook Mm -hmm. and alex caruso i think of those three guys bias for my bald king alex caruso aside i think caruso is probably the most capable of going head to head with those guys than anybody um again bradley's been good to start the season i just i don't feel the, the the talent difference between avery bradley and alex caruso is pretty marginal to me um, and I like Caruso's ability to handle the ball a little better. So and then I haven't even mentioned Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> teams with good guards worry me, but it always goes back to your point is what forwards do they have on the roster that can guard exactly. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which is, a, I mean, it's like
0: a, what Myers Leonard's <laughs> going to guard <laughs> Anthony Davis. like, I'm not worried about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, we Kelly
0: Olenek off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: is is Bam healthy?
0: Bam is healthy.
1: Okay, well,
0: Bam has been very good. Very Bam
1: very has good. been very good. He was pretty yeah. horrible on offense the other day um, in the game they lost. One of the few games they've lost this season. I had Miami finishing eighth in my Eastern Conference projections. Mm. Don't know why. I had the Celtics finishing twelfth. What? Also, and I I just didn't buy into that bench.
0: That is a strange, strange decision. 12th? Yeah. I can't. I can't fathom how you could have 11 teams better than Boston in the Eastern Conference.
1: Well, That's I, insane. I saw Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play in the FIBA Basketball World Cup, oh and I goodness. said, this team is not going to make the leap. Everybody thought it would. <laughs> I, Jason I, I, Tatum was good. Yeah. I thought he was good. Jalen, not so much. Jason Tatum is good, and I got flamed. My mentions set on fire when I even suggested that Jason Tatum was a better basketball player than Kyle Kuzma and anybody that knows me knows i am a kuzma apologist if nothing else right love that man he's very good at basketball in my opinion but to say he's better at jason tatum than anything other <laughs> than scoring is just flat out wrong
0: he's taller he's better at height than jason tatum
1: right mm-hmm. that i mean but that's it <laughs> I, Jason Tatum's a good basketball player. Gravitationally speaking. That is a hill I will die on happily, that Jason Tatum <laughs> is a good basketball player, not just a good player, good basketball player. Kyle
0: Kuzma has also won more NCAA tournament games than Jason Tatum did. <laughs> so let's, I went to Duke. Yeah, and that that's that must uh, you
1: to say, for you to that say was that.
0: A, that was an unsuccessful tournament <laughs> run Mr. Tatum went on, and I was expecting a lot.
1: That's really big of you to Especially say. Especially because
0: Carolina won that year. That was, that was a hard one. <laughs>
1: I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Talking about it is part of the healing process. <laughs> Every Duke fan I talked to was not high on Jason Tatum as a prospect going into the draft because of that tournament run. So
0: Yeah. That was bummer.
1: Um but Probably yeah.
0: extraordinarily high on Harry Giles though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Harry Giles isn't high on me as a prospect because yeah, um he dunked all over me on Twitter. Oh yeah? Yeah, he did, yeah. I I when I I went to a different two K event with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And he was playing 2K, and like Ronnie 2K dunked on him with somebody. And he mouthed, or not mouthed, he said, I don't even know who that is. Like, I don't know, I don't even know who you dunked with. And I tweeted about it, saying how hilarious I thought it was. <laughs> and Harry Giles' ner- name searched himself. Oh my goodness. And said, I'm glad you think it's so funny. I'm going to show all of you next season how funny I think it is. And then it was announced. Uh, the Kings didn't pick up his team oh, option. Oh,
0: Harry Childs. <laughs> God. So I guess round one to Christian.
1: He showed <laughs> me. Yeah. Maybe
0: it'll be better for him not to stay in Sacramento. That's yeah. a hell <laughs> if I've ever seen one.
1: I don't the only thing that could have stopped the Sacramento Kings from making a leap was the power of Luke Walton. Oh yeah. It's terrible. like I I had them. Let's see. Where did I have them? The eighth seed.
0: Yeah. Um, that was a mistake.
1: It was a mistake. I don't know if they end up making the playoffs. Cause yeah, I don't think they, they will. They look really bad. Also yeah, I think w-
0: uh, you've got the Lakers taking Oklahoma City's spot, and then probably Dallas or yeah, probably Dallas taking uh, Golden State's spot.
1: Just rough times for for North Carolina basketball. Or sorry, North Carolina, Northern California, Northern California <laughs> basketball. Um, yeah. Not North yeah. Carolina yeah. basketball. Uh, Cole Anthony They're looks doing okay.
0: really good. They're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, going off of that happy, happy subject. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I, I told you I wanted to talk about uh, some fun Lakers comebacks, given that this team has, you know, rediscovered flair for the dramatic. And I was looking back for, like, the last three, four years of Laker games, just, like, searching through some of their wins, trying to remember what comebacks stood out to me and, I'm looking at these game logs, and there's just like L upon L. Upon yeah. L. <laughs> Look, yeah. I went through the 2016-17 season, and I there's like my favorite Larry Nance quote of all time when he was asked at the end of the season, like you know, to sort of assess how the the year went, and he's like, well, you know, started the season 10 and 10, won five games in a row at the end, like middle 50 games sort of yeah. got away from us.
1: That's rough. My um, the first writing gig i ever had was during the 2015-16 season mm-hmm. which is their worst season of all time worst season in franchise history mm-hmm. and i got let go by a publication that i will not name sure off this podcast but i got let go because i wasn't producing seven posts a day in oh mo- like June or June when nothing was going on, they were coming off of their worst season in franchise history, and they were like, "Where is the content?"
0: I don't even think you could do seven posts a day unless it was like tracking Kobe (laughs) Bryant's (laughs) post-retirement weight, you know, just like throughout the day.
1: (laughs) It was so bad, and like at the time, I was like, "Well, I got what was coming to me." But in hindsight, (laughs) how insane, stupid, like I don't know. That's a little Seven aside. Seven posts today. Wow. There That's was a um, dark times, though. I, and I think <laughs> to put into context how dark the times were, Luke Walton was the Lakers saving grace. <laughs> um, and he was Luke supposed Walton to be there.
0: got off to a really nice start in L.A. 10-10. First, you know, opening night win over Mike D'Antoni's Rockets. Good times.
1: Good so. times. We Better were, times now.
0: <laughs> we were all fooled. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sacramento is fooled too. How dumb do you think they feel looking at Phoenix and Monty Williams and what oh, he's yeah. doing over there?
0: They should have just kept Jaeger. I don't understand.
1: Yeah, that's 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 an even crazier thing is they had that's a really like, good head coach. You had Haeger. a
0: coach who finally unlocked the potential of your players after all these years, and you're like, ah, yeah. he doesn't really like our assistant GM, <laughs> Or our get assistant along GM with Mark who's done Bagley's just dad. like. Yeah. Just wonderful, wonderful things for this <laughs> franchise. Although, you know, there's so much turnover in the Sacramento front office, I can't exactly tell you what Brandon Williams is responsible for or not. Yeah. So my apologies, Brandon. I don't actually know what moves he contributed <laughs> to other than dismissal of Dave Yeager.
1: <laughs> but comebacks.
0: Comebacks, about right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's funny. I sent a uh, text out to like my Laker group chat, and um, the first response was just Dwight Howard. <laughs> That's the comeback.
1: <laughs> yeah, I tweeted... Um, What, like, name a better redemption arc than Dwight Howard's Second Scent with the Lakers? And the first thing that came to mind uh, was Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. We've already established that you haven't seen it. Right, right. So, (laughs) this is for the the listeners. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I won't go into it too deep, but I mean, that's the only one. Some people have talked about, um, I guess, there's a few characters on Game of Thrones that had redeeming qualities. Did not watch. Um, Yeah, I haven't
0: seen any Game of Thrones.
1: That's probably Mm -hmm. Sacrilege. Uh, to be, like, talking about it on a podcast, not watching Game of Thrones. I just never got around to it. and Genuinely had no interest, even though I very much love Amelia Clark. I think she's awesome. But comebacks. Comebacks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think when we think about Laker comebacks, right, uh, immediately the, the big ones in the playoffs come to mind, right? Right, Like, yeah. the one against Portland, 2000 Western Conference Finals, which is... My favorite Laker game of all time. I think my favorite basketball moment of all time. First time I was ever on a podcast actually was with uh, a Portland Trail Wizards podcast for SB Nation, and they asked me for my favorite moment. I was like, "You really want to do this?" Yeah,
1: I don't think. Yeah, it's so funny because I was I so growing up in the greater Los Angeles area, which Chino, California, isn't that, but I'm that's what it says on my LinkedIn when I type in my zip code. Sure. Um, but, you know, being, being from Southern California, if nothing else, I was a Lakers fan the same way everybody was a Lakers fan growing up. Um, it wasn't until Steve Nash, because I grew up a massive soccer fan, it wasn't until mm-hmm. Steve Nash got traded to the Lakers... That I just became obsessed with watching basketball. Such
0: a strange uh, story. Is,
1: yes. And it has a happy ending, as we all know. Because <laughs> Steve Dash went on to have a Hall of Fame career with the Lakers. Um, <laughs> the reason he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame is because of the many championship runs he went on with Dwight Howard and Kobe Bryant. And now look at us. What is it? Five, six years later. Dwight Howard's been with the Lakers this entire time. and uh, But no. So most of my fondest memories from the Lakers start in that 2013-14 season. Or sorry, 2012-13.
0: Well, that's actually a good place to start because I didn't – when I was thinking about, like, fun Laker comebacks, I kind of wanted to focus on the random games, you know, not the (laughs) – not like the big ones. Like, oh, you know, game seven against Celtics. Everyone knows about that one, right? Like, I'm talking about, you know – like, I think we brought this up earlier, right? 2013 against the Toronto Raptors, Friday night game, when the Lakers just come out super flat, yeah. and Kobe has to just, just, just baptize will Rudy Gay over yeah. and over again.
1: It's so, so funny, because Bill McDonald, my apologies to Bill McDonald if you're listening, mm-hmm. to, listening to this. I don't believe you are, but Bill McDonald isn't my most favorite play-by-play commentator in the league but his 3 to tie, his 3 to tie call in that raptors game is one of his most memorable calls while he's been with the lakers i think that was i was i was in uh, i had such a small tv at that time it was probably as big as a computer monitor
0: mm-hmm. and i
1: was just sitting on my side on the bed it was pretty late I'm pretty sure it was a 7:30 start probably um, and I just remember it being so late and me screaming so loud <laughs> at like 10, close to 10 PM. Uh, and Co- Kobe just could not miss. There, there was a shot where they inbounded him the ball and he just took an off balance three point shot that went in and it, did, it didn't make any sense.
0: Nash made some nice inbound passes during those uh, final minutes.
1: His greatest contribution. In That's literally uniform. the main thing I remember seeing Nash for in a lake uniform
0: <laughs> was that game inbounds pass to Kobe it was, that was um, a fun comeback
1: it was a really fun comeback and those teams like uh, specifically that team was so fun to root for because they had the big names they had the talent you know kobe bryant steve like half of steve nash whenever he was healthy <laughs>
0: Pau gasol lest you yeah, forget pow
1: gasol dwight howard metal world peace um is that the is that team anton was on
0: I don't know, but I do remember Earl Clark being yeah, on that team. easy
1: Earl Clark. I remember during the dog days of Lakers, like two years after the fact, there was a very loose rumor linking him to the Lakers and him making a comeback, and everybody was convinced Earl Clark was going to be the person to change the Lakers' fortunes around. Again, we've come a long way, ladies and gents. Yeah, we've um, come a long
0: way. I believe
1: Anton – yeah, Anton Jameson was on that team. Darius Morris – Chris Duhan, Devin E. Banks.
0: Darius, uh, de- oh, what's his face? Um, Andrew Goudlock, that's the one. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Jody Meeks, NBA champion Jody Meeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just a solid team, depth everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, depth. But, but. Right, the- because
0: when you can start a playoff game with Darius Morris and Andrew Goudlock as your one and two, like that's, that is the definition of depth.
1: Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a, I'd like very much to forget that playoff series. They weren't, even close in any of those games. Like, I believe one of them was, like, 120 to 89.
0: The first two games in San Antonio were much better. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Not but. not a great finish. But the point is, <laughs> even though they had all of the big names, they were still underdogs at the end of the season. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it wasn't even clear if they were going to make the playoffs. Even, I I think, up until the very last Final game. Final game of the season, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Memphis, like... One earlier that day to knock out Utah. So yeah. we were short of a playoff spot when we started playing Houston. But it was a matter of like seven or eight if we won the game or not.
1: So and good. And it it was I was just a really fun team to root for. The whole think, season
0: was kind of like a comeback season, right? Yeah. Like we were just terrible. And then Mark Cuban makes some vague amnesty <laughs> comment about Kobe Bryant. Bam.
1: <laughs> I don't know um, what it was. I I saw a tweet the other day that said, Kobe Bryant was washed like far before he had ruptured his Achilles. And I in my heart I felt like he wasn't. And then I looked at the numbers he put up that season and I'm right. He was not washed <laughs> at all. He was still a really really good You're basketball so player. Good. Yeah. So good.
0: I mean there's an argument to be made for overuse, but yeah. <laughs>
1: Whatever. Yeah. We're in
0: we're in load management time now.
1: <laughs> That's what I Mo Bamba got load managed on Wednesday. This is
0: not the first time I've heard about Mo Bamba being load managed in the <laughs> last 24 hours, so that's that's a thing.
1: That's so um, funny. We are yeah. Homeboy
0: averages 14 minutes a game, but yeah. load managing him all the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: We are yeah. That's how you know we're in the load management area era. era. Um, but all yeah. Right. It's so prat-
0: Toronto one was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my personal favorites is last season actually. Uh, first game after the trade deadline, I believe, when we played the Boston Celtics yeah. on TNT, we had that lovely little comeback, culminated with uh, Rajon Rondo's game winner. Against that just whole last possession was just like a giant tire fire.
1: <laughs> it felt like a lucid dream seeing Rondo hit a buzzer beater against the Celtics in a Lakers uniform. It was so weird. That was very strange, and that was the last good thing Rajon Rondo <laughs> did for the Lakers. <laughs> That I was, was going to
0: say that was the last time I was happy during the 2018-19 Lakers season.
1: Uh, but, I think uh, that's fair to say, yeah. too. Yeah. That's probably that's, the last time I felt joy <laughs> in general, <laughs> not even just in the season. That was the last time I remember being happy.
0: And yeah, then the Dallas was, game happened. That was a good one. That um, was a good
1: one. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Kuz had a good game. Because he always has good games against the Celtics for some reason or another Uh, i mean he's
0: he's no national tv rondo i'll tell you that
1: (laughs) national tv i i know rondo's been asked about it but i'd really just like to sit down and have a conversation with him about the while
0: you're paying connect playing connect four that's what you should do (laughs)
1: well you have a story like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have played connect four against rosh rondo did not end well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> As a,
0: most people who play Connect Four against Rajon Rondo can oh, attest to. Man, I was watching um,
1: an NBA rookie video, like, during their media day, and somebody claimed to be a... Oh, it was Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish claims to be the best Connect Four player in the NBA, <laughs> and I wish I had Rajon Rondo's publicist <laughs> email, because I'd send it oh to my, him Oh, my. We got to, like,
0: get a message to Bill Duffy. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, yeah, Kuzma did have 25 points that game. Yeah, he's... Very good.
0: He's fun. He's Rondo... Fun. No, Jason Tatum was pretty good.
1: <laughs> Rondo, 17 points, negative nine in the box score, but in his defense, uh, only four players finished with positive box plus minus that game. He? If you had a guess, just judging by how last season went, who would you guess those players are? LeBron? Mm-hmm
0: um Lonzo no Lonzo was out at that point yeah, yeah he had already turned his ankle uh probably not Ingram
1: yeah Ingram was oh, Ingram. actually okay. second high on the team oh then behind. Hart no 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 it was Tyson Chandler oh actually Tyson Chandler had a plus 19 but only in 14 minutes that's so. incredible yeah <laughs> and you then KCP, Tyson Chandler. KCP with a plus three <coughs> to, to round out the top four JaVale McGee was a team low negative twenty one. Well, I
0: mean, if Tyson's plus nineteen, then <laughs> could he be anything else? Yeah,
1: Tyson. I, how, it's too bad he bad hasn't saved
0: the Rockets yet. You know. Yeah. Ugh.
1: yeah. Oh well. The Lakers don't have the the Lakers don't have the picks to change, trade for James Harden. <laughs> I guess Bring him home.
0: <laughs> I don't think we have the picks to trade for James Harden.
1: Anthony Davis and uh, James Harden would be. Mighty though, nice Lakers are picks to trade for anyone. No, I think uh, like,
0: somebody mentioned like the Gallinari was available for a first rounder. Like, yeah, we want a twenty twenty eight first rounder, Oklahoma <laughs> City.
1: Wait, so do. Am I mistaken, or can the Lakers trade the pick they have? They gave, didn't technically give the Lakers, but that the Pelicans have pick swaps too.
0: I think we can trade the other, like we can trade the swap. Yeah. Yeah, um, hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't. I
1: don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying too much. The, I'm, I'm just gonna
0: assume the Lakers <laughs> don't make any trades of real yeah. significance this season.
1: That, I mean, that's a yeah. that's a safe bet. Uh, um, let's see one last
0: on, one last fun little Lakers comeback. Yeah. Um, so this one was uh, March 2018. So after the Lakers had given up on the season, they'd already traded Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance for Isaiah Thomas and Channing Frye, and we're in San Antonio, and Lonzo just goes. Bad shit. Six threes.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, it's the last one he makes, like Julius Randle's getting collapsed on in the post. He barely manages to hit Lonzo out in the wing. He shoots it and it like bounces all up around the rim. I wouldn't really call it a toilet. It really just like sort of bounced, you know, in the middle and then swooshed yeah. in. Spurs fans were so, so mad about this one <laughs> because I believe the Lakers were down it's, 17 at one point. The Spurs had just uh-huh. won a 15 point lead the previous game. This is like, you know, in Kawhi Leonard's MVP campaign like I mean he could have been MVP obviously we know Russell Westbrook won that yeah. year but uh, like Travis Ware was making big shots at the end of this game like <laughs> I yeah I just can't really explain how weird it was to watch the Lakers just decide to come back against a team making the playoffs of San Antonio Spurs
1: yeah, I don't...
0: Oh, I'm sorry. This isn't the Kawhi Leonard MVP campaign. This is the Kawhi Leonard being out for the whole year. Yeah. This is the, <laughs> it, the quad injury Kawhi Leonard.
1: I, as somebody who covers Lonzo Ball extensively for Lonzo Wire, part of the USA Today Sports Network, a little plug there. <laughs> read our stuff because we could use it. Um, these, I, Off the top of my head, I don't know the last time Lonzo Ball shot 60% from three on 10 attempts like i feel like that has not happened since and i remember that being the game that game and the game against okc he had before he went down Mm -hmm. were the two games where i was like all right well this kid's on to something um with step back three pointers he kind of looked similar to the player he was at ucla particularly in that oregon game Um, uh he was kind of having that 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 yeah, having that takeover gene, like somebody that can really take control of the game on both ends of the floor. That San, that San Antonio game was that for me. And uh, so, yeah, that was a really fun one. RAP the baby Lakers, man.
0: It's so strange to watch Isaiah Thomas and Laker highlights now because, like, <laughs> he's so little. Like, I don't, it amazes me every single time. Like, he's given up a good, like, eight inches on Lonzo, at least.
1: He's He's a very small basketball player. Which, it's so funny, because I see people all the time tweeting, like, um, uh, you know, uh, why don't you try harder out there, little man? And it's like, dude, you're probably just as tall as him. (laughs) Like, I can't talk... I can talk about how little Isaiah Thomas is, because according to NBA.com, I'm an inch taller than him. And anybody that's an inch taller than me is, like, a foot shorter than me. As long as I have that inch on you, I'm much taller than you. Um, But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Thomas. That whole that team, with the exception of maybe Isaiah Thomas, I enjoyed that that team. Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. that's not working out for the Pelicans too well right now. That
0: I mean, it's it's working out real well for Brandon Ingram's agent. Yeah. I gotta tell you, Homeboy's going to cash in this off season. Yeah,
1: I mean, the Hawks are going to just throw stupid money at him.
0: I mean, I, I think it's a good fit. You know, they've got their point guard and they've got their big of the future. Once he returns from his, you know, PD suspension. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you just throw in Brandon Ingram, right? That's a nice little one, three, five combo. Yeah. Or, you know, however you classify Ingram and Collins.
1: It's so his, his offensive numbers have been insane, but his defensive I mean, I don't know. He basically
0: gets to be Devin Booker right now, right? Like, all the offense you want with none of the defensive responsibility that comes with contending for the playoffs. Yeah.
1: I feel like Zion's going to come back and whip that team into shape, which sounds so funny because he's, like, 19. I know. But he's a superhuman. And uh, so, yeah, shout out to the Pelicans.
0: Yeah. I miss uh I really miss the Washington baby Lakers. I don't think they get enough love. <laughs> yeah. Bill um, Wagner, the the Thomas Bryant, <laughs> Isaac Bonga, Trio, like they they're just so much lower on the pecking order than the Harding or Mzo. But Yeah.
1: When when talking about that Anthony Davis trade package, they're always left out.
0: Yeah. And poor Jamirio yeah. back in the G League.
1: Which does We'll make always sense.
0: have that game against the Clippers, <laughs> That...
1: That I looked at the wizard's roster and I said there's no chance Jamario Jones is getting cut. And then he did. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, because when you, you know, cannot have like a reasonable defender <laughs> on down your roster, <laughs> you gotta do it. Yeah. As much it's possibility.
1: As much crap as uh Matt Johnson got for picking Mo Wagner, he's looked he's looked not bad.
0: Way yeah. better than Amari Spellman, yeah. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Poor uh, yeah. God, the Warriors! I feel so bad for them.
0: I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a good <laughs> yeah, five years. I feel
1: like I'm in the minority. I <laughs> uh, pre Kevin Durant, I really enjoyed the Warriors. They're probably like my favorite basketball team to root for, other than the Lakers. And um, yeah, just seeing their fall from grace. And I, the people I feel most feel most bad for are the season ticket holders at Chase Center, paying so much money to see Eric. Pascal and Kai Bowman just go off for 20 points a night.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, there's always ends of dynasties, and hopefully we are no longer in that phase of Laker (laughs) fandom. Hopefully. So, on that note, thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure, Christian. Uh, Hopefully the Lakers get a win tonight against the Miami Heat, and uh, we'll see you next Friday.